0: Okay, Isaiah chapter 9. So, what does that say? Can you read it? It says, Finding peace. Finding peace. Now, who wants more peace in their lives? <laughs> we all want more peace in our lives. But, you know, funnily enough, as I was sort of you know, researching this and praying about it, you know, there are some people who actually like to argue and fight. A small percentage. But some people actually like to argue and to fight and they find it entertaining. They like the drama of it all. But I don't know about you, I don't know about me, I don't like that at all. I hate conflict, I like peace, I like quiet, I like things to be going smoothly, yes? I don't like fighting and arguing and things like that. And as I was looking at all this, I was thinking, what is peace? Because someone said to me the other day, you know, we were talking about peace. And so finding peace, what is peace anyway? Peace to you is probably different from what I think peace is. And so when you go to the Webster's Dictionary, there's two major um, themes about what peace is one is a, a cessation of hostilities. What does that mean? That there's calm, there's no fighting, there's no warring, there's no struggle or turmoil. So that's kind of an external thing. And the other theme of peace focuses on inner turmoil. So to have little inner turmoil or none would be inner peace. You hear people talk about inner peace all the time. So peace is either external or internal. You know, I might say to you, oh, so what would it mean to you if I say, what is peace to you? And you might say, if I have good health, then I have peace. If I have wealth, money, then I have peace. If I have success, then I will have peace. So there's many different ways that we would say, I have peace because of this. Some people would say, I have peace when the kids go to sleep. You know, a mum, a new mother, they would say, I have peace when the baby stops crying. Others might say, I have peace when my wife or my husband stops nagging me. Yes? We can relate to these things. I have peace when the boss is out of town. Or when the manager's not in the office. I am in peace, okay? I can do my work. People in the workplace can relate to that. I have peace when my bills are paid. Yeah? I'll have peace when I get married. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's when the struggle starts, who knows. It's a challenge, that's why we have to pray. I might have peace when I understand this thing. Sometimes we get bothered by things that we just don't understand or doesn't make sense. can bother us don't get it. I don't understand it. I have peace when I understand why this person's done that thing or why this thing has happened. We may not ever get understanding, but it doesn't mean to say we can't have peace, okay? We may not have all the money we ever want. We may not have the position or the job we ever want, but it doesn't mean to say we can't have peace, okay? So, how do we get peace? People do things to try to get peace. What do you do you do to try and get peace in your life? Some people might go for a walk on the beach and watch the sunset. Some people might go for a swim to get the stress out of their muscles. Some people might just want to be alone. Just leave me alone. Shut the door. Peace Might be playing video games. It can be really addictive, but it might give people some kind of peace. This is what people do to get peace on their terms, okay? Some people meditate. In some religions, they will meditate or they will try and empty themselves, get rid of all this yuck stuff out of me, empty me, empty me, and just chant words, um... Um, um, I forgot what to say, um, you know what I'm saying? Chanting the same words over and over and over. Trying to get peace, trying to make it happen the way that I think it should or could happen. So people are doing this all the time. And then there are people who are trying to get peace in the way that they want to get it, and yet, For others, it conflicts with what we think is peace. Napoleon and Hitler thought they would have peace by controlling and killing people. It's kind of bizarre, isn't it? So we've all got this different understanding, this human understanding, what peace is, could be, or should be. So I want to look at peace from God's point of view, from the Word of God. And if you know the Word of God... The the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The New Testament is written in Greek. And in Hebrew, when we say, in English when we say peace, we kind of understand that it's just lack of hostility or war, or just inner feeling good. It's, It's kind of about feelings, okay? It's conditional. But when you talk about peace from God's word, and from the Hebrew language, it's a word that says, it's called Shalom, Shalom. And that word in Hebrew means wholeness. It means completeness, soundness, health, safety, prosperity. It covers every aspect of what peace could be. And it's not a temporary thing. It's, it has a permanent kind of context. It's not just something that comes and goes. It's actually permanent. So when you say shalom to somebody, you are basically speaking a blessing like a permanent fullness of God's blessing and peace over them. It's not just a feeling that will come and go. Okay? It's not a temporary thing. So true and lasting peace can only come from God can't come from you and I, can't come from any conditional thing or personal, a person it comes from God himself now why am I confident in saying that well if we turn to Isaiah chapter 9 Amy what's happening Isaiah chapter 9 okay Isaiah chapter 9 we will see how I can say that because God himself said it peace can only come from God he is the source and it comes through God himself who became flesh and dwelt among us in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 this is a prophetic word coming to the, um, the nation of Israel and to all mankind basically about the Messiah, a Saviour. And it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, that means the authority, the government will be upon his shoulder, that means he will have all authority. He's the boss, he's the master, he's the ruler, he's God. And his name His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor. Now that's kind of not a name, that's kind of characteristic. But that's his name. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And this is a word that is spoken about Jesus, the Saviour who is to come. So here it is saying... True and lasting peace will come from him, this saviour. Now why did he have to come as a saviour? Why did he have to come as a prince of peace? And Shalom speaks about wholeness and fullness, a restoring of relationship. That's the context that it has. Because in the very beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, in the book of Genesis it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Then he created Adam and Eve, first man, first woman. He created them, and he asked them to just obey him in one thing. You can eat from all these trees, but don't touch that one over there. And of course, when they disobeyed God, they lost their peace. Can you imagine what it was like before that happened to walk with God and talk with God And just had such a relationship with him. Everything was pure. Everything was beautiful. Everything was, there was no sickness, no sadness, no death, no fighting, no horrible stuff. Everything was perfect, peaceful, beautiful, just the way we want it to be right now. It was back then. But because they disobeyed in one thing, they lost their peace. They went and hid from God. And so Jesus came to re-establish that connection that was broken between all mankind and God, okay? He came to restore peace to our hearts because if we don't know God, we don't really know peace. No God, no peace, okay? So in... Isaiah here, it's saying he is the prince of peace and Jesus had peace when he came to this earth he had peace therefore he was able to speak peace, he had authority, when there was a storm, he could say to the wind and the waves peace, be still and the storm would stop and the waves would calm down how could he do that? because he had peace he could say it you know you can't give what you don't have and he didn't just have peace he was peace he's the prince of peace and so he was able to release peace wherever he was was Jesus ever stressed about anything no he wasn't he always had peace because he was peace even when things were coming against him, he wasn't stressed out. He had peace because he knew God was in control of his life. And we can be like that. There can be things or people who are coming against us. There can be things uh, people say to us. And we, it just throws us for a loop. It challenges us. It troubles us. We think, what am I going to do? except to say, God, I trust you. You take control of my situation. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Give me your peace in this situation. You know, when the disciples were uh, troubled, because Jesus told them, he said, you know what? I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. I'm going to die. I will raise again on the third day. They didn't understand that because it hadn't happened before. So all they knew was he was leaving. And they were upset, they were stressed. And he said, don't be troubled. And then he said to them, peace, I give to you. My peace, I give to you. Not the way the world gives peace, but I give you my peace. Totally different kind of peace. What sort of peace does the world give? Kind of gives us a counterfeit, unhealthy kind of peace. We try and get it in different ways. Sometimes we try and get it through alcohol. I know I used to. We try and get it through joining a cult because it makes us feel better about ourselves. We feel part of something. You know, people get tricked by the so-called peace things of the world. People get tricked and they get into debt because they're trying to buy peace Mm. people get confused because they thought it was one thing and it was another and they've been tricked and they've been duped they say I'm never going to let this happen to me again and they harden themselves they harden their hearts and they have even less peace than they did before so let's go on so how did Jesus get peace for us How did he get that peace? How did he bring peace to this world to restore that connection back to God? It tells us in Isaiah chapter 53. He paid for it. He was punished. You know, we were the ones who sinned. We were the ones who the penalty was against. And yet he said, no, I will take the punishment. I will take the punishment for you. It's like if you someone said to you, you've done a crime and you're going to go to jail for life. And someone says, no, it's okay, I'll go for you. How amazing is that? They paid the price for you. He paid the price for us. Isaiah 53 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So he took the punishment. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. What does that mean? He was beaten 39 times. 39 times. That's what it means. By his stripes. The whippings that he took brings healing to us. Apparently he was whipped 39 times. Apparently there's 39 categories of human sickness. So he was beaten and by his stripes we are healed so he paid the price so we could have peace peace with god peace with god and what do we have to do all we have to do is believe and receive believe and receive how hard is that for some people it's the hardest thing of all For some, it's the hardest thing of all because they've got to give up their own rights. They've got to give up trusting in themselves or someone else and they've got to put their trust in God. Sometimes that can be the hardest thing of all. Okay, let's turn over to Romans chapter 5. So we believe, we receive, and now we have that peace knowing That we don't have to earn our way to heaven. Isn't that awesome? I don't have to earn my way to heaven. I don't have to pay to get to heaven. I don't have to do so many things to get to heaven. I don't have to be a good person to get to heaven. I must, though, put my trust that Jesus paid the price for me all you need to do is humble yourself believe and receive ok and then by that faith we are justified Romans 5 says this therefore having been justified by faith ok we have faith in God that's all you have to do just faith faith in God then we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ So when we believe that Jesus died for our sins and rose again on the third day, and his blood cleanses us from those sins, washes us clean, makes the way to God. When we believe that, then we have peace with God. What Adam and Eve lost in the garden, they lost their peace, we gain it back. We get peace with God. Purely by believing in Jesus. How hard is that? How hard is that? So we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom also, so we don't just have peace, but we have access so we can go straight to Him Mm -hmm. Jesus. He's not far away saying, You're a naughty girl, you're a naughty boy. God doesn't do that. We have access. We can talk to God. He talks to us. We feel his presence. We feel his love. We feel that he really cares about us. When no one else cares sometimes. God cares about us. When you think no one knows what you're going through, he knows exactly what you're going through. And he says, it's going to be all right. I'm going to help you through. You're going to make it. It's going to be all right because he lives we can face tomorrow and that will bring peace in our hearts. Our relationship is restored. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We can stand not because we're smart, not because we're good looking, not because You know, we come from a famous family. Not because we're successful in life or got lots of money. We stand because he gives us the grace to stand. And we rejoice. Happy. Yeah. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In other words, we know that Jesus is coming back for us. He's coming back for us one day. We don't know, but it's going to be soon. That's why we need to live our lives each day doing what God has called us to do. Amen? Okay, let's go. So, you know how I'm always talking about teamwork? Well, God's done his part, but we also need to do our part when it comes to peace, okay? There is something we can do. So Isaiah chapter 26 says this. You, talking about God, God will keep him, that person, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in Yah, that's the Hebrew name of God, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. You know, sometimes when we feel weak, we lose our peace. We think we're not capable of doing something or not capable of achieving something it's out of our reach it's out of our control, we feel weak that's not always a bad thing because the Bible says when we are weak he is strong he's strong on our behalf he wants us to rely on him and he's going to give us perfect peace as our mind is stayed on him what is your mind thinking about? what do you think about? do you think about your problems all the time? Do you think about all the bad stuff that could happen? Or are you thinking, you know what? I don't know how it's going to work, but I know God is going to work this out for me. It may not work out the way I think it's best, but it will be the best thing for me. I'm trusting him. My mind is staying on the Lord. I'm thinking more about God, And his word and what he says rather than the negative stuff. Otherwise, I'll be gripped with fear. Okay? So we are filling ourselves up with the word of God. What does God think? It's in his word. It's in his word. So we renew our minds by the washing. You know, the word of God washes all the rubbish and garbage out. You wash your car, you wash your clothes... Yeah, imagine if you wore the same clothes every day for a month. Woo, stinky. Yeah? You wash your clothes, you wash your hair, you wash yourself. The Word of God washes our mind, washes all the garbage and the stinky stuff and the dead stuff out of our minds. And it fills us with what God says about us. And God's word, which is positive and full of life, hope, and joy, and peace, and all the good things, good things, okay? We spend too much time thinking about bad stuff. We need to get the good stuff in there, amen? Okay, that's how we get the peace. And it says that he will keep, trust in the Lord forever, you will keep him. You know, as we just think about God, as we just read His Word, as we spend time with God, He will keep us. He will guard us. He will protect us. He will help us. And that will take the pressure off. Because we think we've got to do everything ourselves. I've got to make it happen. I've got to do it. If I don't do it, who will? You know, and we just, ah, you get so stressed. And that takes our peace. But if we just say, God, you know what? I will do what I can do, and I'll trust you to do the rest. Mm -hmm. Then you can have that peace. Amen? Okay. A couple more scriptures. So God has always, always wanted his people to have peace. He's a loving God. He's a loving Heavenly Father. He's always wanted his people to have peace. Even when Adam and Eve messed up right at the beginning, God always had a plan to restore relationship. God always had a plan for people to know him and to be close to him and have peace. Even way back in the day, he taught Moses, his great leader, he taught Moses how to bless the people so they would have peace. Okay? God has always wanted us to have peace. The devil has always wanted us to have confusion and destruction and harm and horrible things. But God is a God of peace. So he taught Moses back in the day to say this special prayer over God's people. And I would like you to stand and I want to pray this over you. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray this same prayer that Moses prayed. And you close your eyes and I want you to receive peace from God let's put our minds onto him right now and he will give us that peace here's the prayer that the Lord taught Moses the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them I'm going to say it over you again I want you to have a double blessing here The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord give you The Lord put his name upon you and bless you and bless you. Let's just keep our eyes closed. You know, Moses spoke that blessing. That's the truth of the word of God. Jesus also came couple thousand years after that and he said many things to his disciples and he said these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have troubles but be of good cheer I have overcome the world and that's what did He's saying to us tonight many things God has spoken and will speak to us he's given us his word so that we have peace we will have struggles in this world but we don't have to fear he said be of good cheer because he's overcome the world there's nothing and no one that can defeat you Because Jesus is the authority. He's God. He's the overcomer. And he has made us more than overcomers. He's made us more than conquerors. Amen.